Oh, hey there. Welcome back in to the Simon Short Podcast. I'm Simon Short. We have a super fun episode for you here today. We are recapping the NFL draft with Austin Freed of Tricky Takes. Uh, make sure you go into the episode description to follow Tricky Takes on Twitter and get a link straight to their show. Uh, they do a lot of fun stuff over there. NFL, MLB, a lot of a lot of wacky stuff. Austin is a, is a fun guy, and, and that group over there does some really cool things. So make sure you go check out that podcast. Uh, I want to thank Austin again for coming on this week to do some fun NFL stuff. The, it was the NFL draft this past weekend. If you wanted more or are still looking for more NFL content, I have a couple things for you post-draft. First, over on the Phantom Football Podcast feed, if you didn't already listen, we have instant reactions to Thursday night after round one. Me and Ben Parker hopped on just like we did last year on this podcast. It's just over there now. After day two, Friday night, me and Ronan hopped on again like last year, just over there. And then Tuesday on our normal schedule, we recapped the whole draft. We essentially did a winners and losers podcast just to kind of talk through a bunch of teams and what happened. Um, this week, me and Austin are doing some superlatives to hand out for some specific teams, some specific awards we wanted to give out for classes, for individual players. Really fun episode. I really hope you enjoy that. Um, Austin and I talked a lot about or talked a little bit about the Steelers, and I've done a lot of Steelers stuff. But just my general thoughts since we did the big boards for every pick with Ben last year as the intro. Steelers knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, those first four picks were all guys that I had. Well, not Broderick Jones. So three of the first four picks were guys I had uh, going in the first, you know, in, in the boards there in the first two rounds um, to get Darnell Washington for the equivalent of essentially a fourth round pick. They, they trade out of the fourth round to move up in the first round then trade back in the fourth round. You'll get a better explanation later. But Darnell Washington, Keanu Benton, Joey Porter Jr., all the way up to Broderick Jones is an amazing first two days of the draft. Broderick Jones was a guy I didn't really talk about because I just truly didn't think he would be there. And I thought if the Steelers were going to trade up, it'd be all the way into the top 10 to get Paris Johnson, which I still think might have been the plan. Um, but when Johnson goes six, you know, make the move you need to get to get to just ahead of the Jets. Um, who had shot themselves in the foot in that uh, Aaron Rodgers swap. Hopefully Rodgers is worth it. And the Steelers go get a young left tackle to really build this thing out with. Look, second-year first-round quarterback, a veteran offensive line now, Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chooks Okorfor from left to right. Plug in the young 21-year-old with all the athleticism and upside in the world. And I'm really excited to see what happens, especially when, uh, you know, put his old teammate Darnell Washington there next to him um, and just give him a little bit of help if he needs it. Uh, I think, I think that's going to work out great. I'm really excited about the Steelers draft and what they did. We'll talk more about that later. Um, some, some NBA thoughts here real quick. We have a, we have a good show to get to. I won't spend too long on this. Um, my NBA playoff thoughts as of right now, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a fun playoffs. We had the James Harden hero win on, uh, I forget my days now, Monday night, I guess, Monday night probably, um, against the Celtics with no Joel Embiid. Shout out to Joel Embiid. Shout out to Smith. Uh, Embiid wins his MVP. That's pretty great. Um, the Warriors and their blast of a series against the Kings, you know, to come back and Steph to have his 50-point game. Last summer when we did uh, our top 10 NBA players of all time rankings, um, I, I had put Steph at 10. I had moved him up after the championship win. I'm not going to do a whole another top 10 ranking after the, this offseason or this playoffs, but it's, it's fun to do every once in a while. And, and Steph, 50, point in a, 50 points in a game seven win is huge. They, they lose the tight one to the Lakers on Tuesday night. Obviously, the 
the Heat and Knicks series has been fun. That's been a rock fight um, so far, 1-1. And the uh, tonight, as we recorded the podcast, Philly did get blown out by Boston, who was just hot from three. Um, the main takeaway I have right now from the NBA playoffs is, man, these guys keep getting hurt. I mean, John Morant misses a game. Giannis misses two games. Jimmy Butler missed this game. Um so many guys and, and key, you know, Tyler Hero breaks his hand. Julius Randle, I, I I don't know if he actually ever ended up missing a game, but he's playing hurt. These guys are all just so banged up, man. And 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 you know, Kawhi Leonard obviously uh didn't play the last couple of games of the Phoenix series. Chris Paul is now hurt. He's in jeopardy for for the next couple of games in the Nuggets and Sun series. We have to find a way, and teams have to find a way to be healthy for the playoffs. So if that means having a deep roster, I know on, on, on Twitter I caught some flack about, hey, you got to go all in for the Kevin Durant trade. It's a two-year window. Yeah, some depth might be nice right now, but you know what was your solution for you no know, Chris Paul right now? You know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges aren't going to be the point guard. Um, a, a lineup of Booker, Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Jay Crowder, if they had kept him, and DeAndre Ayton isn't going to get you this far. So I still think it was the right trade. But it's just the importance that, hey, man, this offseason, tax, no tax, whenever that new apron penalty starts, we got to go pay and get a bench. We got to, you know, we don't have any draft capital to really do it with. We have all those second-round picks, though. You know, can we package a couple of those in the future ones and do something? Can we go get two rotation guys in the second round? Um, in, in this year's draft, can we go find some guys from the G League? You have to find these guys around the edges, right? We just came off the NFL draft where four rounds worth of day three picks are going to be scraping and clawing for NFL roster spots and and playing time. You have to be able to round out your roster with guys like that. And you got to have more guys that can step up and, and play big time roles. You got to have number twos who can be number ones for a game or two, threes who can be twos, fives that could be fours. Guys on the bench, I can come in and be a starter. We see this in every sport. You have to have depth, but you have to have the level of talent for guys to step up when you need. And also, I haven't done a deep dive on this. Maybe I'll do this this summer. But if we're adding this midseason tournament, and I know that it's just going to be like whatever it is, five or seven games in the middle of the season of the 82. But if we want all these games and this whole season and everything they do to mean something, if we want this midseason tournament to mean something, we got to start thinking about moving the number of games down. And I know the games aren't going to, you know, necessarily help with the twisted ankle or the broken hand, things like that. But just in general, if we're adding stuff and we want everything to feel important and everything to feel big, and we want guys to not do all of this load management, I still, I still want this, this season to go down. Not a lot, man. 70 games. Give me seven. Can I have 70 games? I have 70. That's really, that's all, all I'm looking for. And yeah, the historical aspect and comparing stats and and you know minutes and and all that stuff i get that but we have these we have these mason dixon lines of you know just in 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 sports league history of okay well the cba era and the the super bowl era and you know we know when these markers are and we can take that into account fans are smarter than i think leagues think in terms of thinking about stuff like that at least most fans um all that said, continues to be a fun playoffs. We'll, we'll continue doing these kind of weekly recaps, uh, especially now that we're past the draft of the NBA playoffs and as we get closer to the finals. So uh, let's get into the episode with Austin. Really, really fun. 
run of NBA NFL draft picks. Um, really fun few days, a lot of fun content. Like I mentioned the fan football podcast feed is jumping. The, the tricky takes podcast feed has some good NFL stuff also. And, uh, if you're looking for something to read as well, right. You, you for whatever reason, say you got a few minutes, uh, whatever, whatever you might be doing, you, you want to read a little bit of something ever head over to fansportsindustries.com. I wrote my annual draft grades, uh, series, all eight divisions, all teams, um, Gave them all a grade over the weekend. Uh, you can also go to my thread uh, that's pinned to the top of my Twitter profile. So if you just go to at Simon underscore short, uh, the, the pinned tweet is a thread of all the articles. Go check all those out for my grades. That way you get all my in-depth analysis of each team's pick. Um, but without further ado, thank you all so much for being here. Let's head over to Austin to give out our superlatives. Enjoy the show. All right, it's draft superlative time. Austin Freed is here of Tricky Takes. Austin, welcome in. Hey, thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, man. You, you just, you, you're just hitting that, that staccato speed along with me. We're pumped up. We're ready to go talk about this draft. We got a what lot did, of superlatives to get through. Uh, overall, what did, you, what did you think of the draft, Austin? Uh, it was hectic. I said this on the Tricky Takes podcast. Uh, it was just like sheer... It was like on a, being on a roller coaster, just being thrown back and forth, left, right, up, down. I think I got turned upside down at one point. <laughs> there was a big loop in there at some point. Um, you know, it's one thing, obviously, the, the GMs know way more than I do. So every year I'm expecting to be wrong a lot. Like, obviously, the GMs yeah. are wrong a lot, but like yeah. I'm wrong way more. Yeah. And uh, I can tell there were some totally different evaluations that were going on. <laughs> they were they were between me and the eyes of the scouting team and the GMs there and in, in the NFL. And that's why they get paid and I don't. What's really fun about about doing this and, and tracking it, this is now the second draft that we've covered here on the Simon Short podcast. But what's been fun about this is seeing which teams veer differently than the rest of the league. It's not that every it, it's absolutely not that everybody has the same process and it's all about luck. You definitely see the teams that for multiple years in a row are the ones that do the weird thing. And it's like, sometimes it works for that. You know, there, there's a team that it works for and there's a team that it doesn't. It's like, okay, well, that's when at the end of this cycle in three, four years when that GM is gone, that head coach is gone, we see a different cycle. Maybe we see a different outcome. But yeah, definitely some weird ones. Definitely thrown for a loop a couple of times. I'm sure we'll hit one or two of those teams here tonight. Yeah. With that said, Austin, you ready for our first superlative that we're going to hang out? Yeah, kick us off. What's our, what's our right, first we're one? Gonna, we're going to hit number one. It's the Bad Boys 2. Now that's how you shoot, which is a team you were rooting for that did very well in the draft. So, Austin, who were you rooting for to do well, and they did well for you in this draft? Uh, that would be the New York Giants. Uh, I don't know why I hopped aboard the New York Giants train last season, especially when they ended up hurting me in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, for some reason, just was like, I think it was, you know, mostly the coaching hire, you know, coming over from Buffalo as a big fan of that hire. And um, I just liked the team. They were successful off, out the gate. And I was hoping they would be able to, you know, support Daniel Jones and show that he's worth that contract. They just paid him. And uh, I just really liked their draft top to bottom. Uh, I had John Michael Schmitz mocked to them in the first round, which... Mm -hmm. 
for him to fall all the way to, to their second pick is amazing for them. Yep. And with who they got with that first round pick and Deontay Banks, like he was my third Your highest guy. Guy. corner. Like I love Deontay Banks in this draft class. And then Jalen Hyatt, not my favorite receiver, but clearly what yep. they want to do there in, in New York is have a lot of speed. So he fits what they their mold. So I don't hate it. I like the fit. I don't necessarily a lot of other teams I wouldn't have liked it, but there I like it. And then uh, Eric Gray out of the backfield, I think, is an underrated uh, running back prospect. And to get him in the fifth round, I think, is a decent value, even though I know you don't like those middle round running backs. And I'm kind of with you on that train. But I think, you know, late in the fifth, because he's like the 38th pick in the fifth round, because all the, you know, extra picks back in the the end of those rounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I just I I was hoping they would uh, have a good draft, and they sure did, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I loved what they did in the draft, too. I gave him a pretty high grade. Um, Deontay Banks is just so far and ahead of where they were talent-wise in that defensive backfield last season. He's going to be a great fit for Wink Martindale. John Michael Schmitz, I mean, you you know I love that. Jalen Hyatt, I also didn't like much in this draft because he was getting like borderline first-round hype. But here in the middle of the third round, yeah, heck yeah. Like you go for a, a, a burner that can track the ball downfield. I, I like that for the value for where he went. Um, so so I really like this. And yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad they did well. You know, this this after because you knew that if they had a bad draft and put a bad team around Daniel Jones and he was making all that money in two years, everyone would just be all over day ball in that in that front office. Um, so I'm really glad they they kind of capitalized on. You know, not not like a huge draft haul or anything, but just where they were. I'm glad they they did well. Um, my selection for this uh, superlative was the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a team that just for years and years and years would not draft a quarterback, would not move on from the Andrew Luck, the, the ghost of Andrew Luck, and they take a quarterback, and, and they happen to do so with the most athletic quarterback in NFL Combine history, uh, and Anthony Richardson, who I think uh, we're, we're pretty excited about. I won't speak for you, but I'm I get more excited about Anthony Richardson really by the day so i can't wait to to see him in a Colts uniform but i also loved everything else that they did i love the the josh downs pick you know a complimentary receiver i know he kind of fell down boards probably because of his size but when your top two receivers are already what six three 210 pounds plus and michael Pittman and alec pierce yeah go get a little guy to play in between them I, i'm totally good with that you go get who might be your two starting outside corners by even the end of the year because of where the Colts DBs are and Julius Prince and Darius Rush. Really love that. Throw in a fourth round tackle, Blake Freeland, even if he has a lot of work to do and might only ever be a tackle eligible. I don't care. Do it. You, you've got to protect Anthony Richardson. You've got to have this like power run scheme, you know, that, that Shane Steichen's going to bring over. Throw out six offensive linemen and, and just let those guys run. What did you What did you think of the Colts in this one? Um, yeah, I, I was uh, a fan of their draft class as a whole. Um, they grabbed one of my favorite receivers in Josh Downs, um, with, you know, to kind of just round out that, uh, receiver room, they lost, uh, Paris Campbell to the giants. Mm-hmm. And so I think Downs fits in as their new slot guy with P- uh, Pittman and Pierce on the outside. Um, I think that fit is great. And uh, I'm a I'm a big AR-15 fan, so uh, obviously like that pick there. And then uh, they kind of just filled it in with a bunch of hits in between, in my opinion. And, you know, they also took one of those fifth-round running backs 
but they had 12 picks in this draft. So when you, when you, when you get to, you know, eight plus picks, um, you, you have a little bit more flexibility in my mind with that sort of thing. Cause going back to the giants, what they do before they took that running back, they got their center, right? So mm-hmm. they have their tackles. They signed Glowinski last year. They drafted a last year. Um, they paid their quarterback. They paid their starting running back kind of, um, there, there are some situations where it works uh, in Indianapolis, though, with the amount of picks that they had. That was one for sure. Um, anything else on this award before we move on? Um, no, I think I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. Let's hit number two, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. You were the chosen one, the team you were rooting for that did not do well. What did you have for this, Austin? This is, uh, we're not going to move very far from my last pick. We're just going to go right down the route down the road uh, to the Jets. Um, I guess I'm a just big city of New York guy now, or maybe yeah, New Jersey. They, they technically play in New Jersey, so like maybe I don't know. You and Aaron um, Rodgers just yeah. The apple. Um, I'm a big fan of them getting Aaron Rodgers, but they did that before draft day, so I'm not considering that part of their draft. Um, I don't like the Will McDonald pick early. It seems that that was a panic pick in my book. They mm-hmm. they clearly wanted to go tackle, and uh, they oh, were man. sniped. <laughs> you hate you just hate when someone jumps a frenny and takes a tackle. You just hate to see it. You hate to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Steelers jumped up, grabbed the tackle they wanted. Yes, they did. And they panic picked Will McDonald, in my opinion, uh, who is just not a the best. He wasn't the best at his position available, and he's not a need for that team at all. Uh, so, I mean, clearly they don't need any receivers. Did you see who they signed today? Yeah, uh, uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, baby. We're we're all set. We're the good. Savior. Yeah, Gary the... Wilson, move over. You you you're you're running second string slot now. Cobb is here. <laughs> I saw I saw someone tweeted uh, Garrett Wilson uh, is preparing to be traded uh, after the signing of Greg Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> to the Jets. Jordy Nelson. When Jordy yeah. Nelson rolls through, yeah, it'll be over. Yeah. And Greg Jennings with a broken leg. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I think it was if I was good of... enough, I would I would just stitch in that YouTube clip. Yeah. If if you <laughs> if you don't know what we're cracking up because I didn't even respond. I was laughing so hard. Um just just Google Greg Jennings broken leg and have yourself a fun two minutes on YouTube. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all, on all-time YouTube throwback clip. Uh, um, Joe Tipman, who was uh, the the center they took, was de- like definitely not best center available when he was taken. Um, I do, I am a little bit of an Israel Abanakananda, Abanakanda. Giannis and Tedekumpanamo. Um, I think it's you. a Banacanda, uh, Banacanda. Israel Banacanda. Oh, right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I, I do fifth round running back. How do we start with three fifth round running backs, man? I can't that take this. Weird. This is not, this isn't on brand. This is not on brand for the same. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a, one of their better picks. Their best pick was Zach Kuntz in the seventh round, who is just pure athleticism. The single most athletic player in this entire draft, like him and Anthony Richardson. I didn't realize he was that tall, dude. His relative athletic score is a 10.0, right? 10 and yeah, yeah, it's a perfect 10. Uh, he's like he's 
everything graded out better than Kyle Pitts, except for like just pure straight line speed. Wow. Like he's stronger, jumps higher, like quicker in the shuttle, longer, bigger hand, like everything. And then just a little bit, like a tenth of a second slower in the 40. So yeah, he's basically just a, a bigger, crazier freak than Kyle Pitts. Um, I was shocked he went in the seventh round. I shot. I thought for sure someone would take him in like the fourth, just because how incredible his um, you know physical traits are. And that, I mean, we'll we'll probably talk about it as we go. But it was interesting to see how the tight ends got moved around. So whether it was a Michael Mayer who was consensus TE one um, going to the second round and and being the third drafted overall tight end whether it was Luke Schoomaker and Brenton Strange going in the second round. Um, the, the feelings on the tight end class was very, very strange throughout this, which, I, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, I hear you on the first two picks. I think I gave the Jets like a B minus. Like it was just fine. Me and me and Ben Parker, actually, Ben Parker of Odds on Favor and the Phantom Football Podcast, were both kind of on the, what do the Jets do if they miss out on a tackle? And, and we both kind of actually came to defensive line or outside linebacker because a lot of those guys that they have are aging they have a lot of guys that are on like the last year of their deals or in their you know late 20s to early 30s at that position so you could see that happening but to your point i would have liked them going with one of those guys a lot better had they gone with um nolan smith had they gone with uh i mean at that point you know Felix and Duque's, um, I don't think I'd feel that much better about that. It's really Nolan Smith. Um, yeah, he's I didn't, the one. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it so much because, yeah, that's what happens when you kind of lose your tackle that you really want. Um, and Joe Pip, Joe Tipman, I, I like. I like mine. Yeah, I like John Michael Smith better. Um, but I'm glad they addressed the center position because it's definitely a position they need to upgrade on that line. And then I like them going around and getting Carter Warren in the in the fourth round. You know, you missed your tackle. Um, but for the love of God, don't just give up on it when, when you miss your guy, right? If it's a, if it's a need and tackle is, um, not necessarily, you know, they need a day one starter or bust, but they need depth because Makai Becton, who the heck knows if he's going to play or how much he will, uh, Dwayne Brown is like 62 years old or something like that at this point. Um, and then Max Mitchell was a fourth rounder, I believe at Louisiana Lafayette that I liked, but played what one game last year and got hurt you needed some more depth so i liked them going back to the position at least um it, it was a fine draft for me but similarly to the team that i had for this award it felt like a team that was really could have been on the rise really could have made some noise that they really knocked it out of the park so that brings me to my team and it's the detroit lions and they had a chance to really cash in really help themselves here in a number of ways you know so so Method number one, trade up and get Anthony Richardson. Now, based on how it went, you probably couldn't have sent enough to get Anthony Richardson at that point. All right, that's fine. Well, you could have really helped your defense out by taking Jalen Carter or Christian Gonzalez. Clearly, those guys weren't fits for their board. You know, Jalen Carter, probably the football character stuff, um, and Christian Gonzalez, they were in love with Devin Witherspoon. We, we can tell that now with the swiftness that they traded that, that sixth overall pick after Witherspoon got taken. They were basically Witherspoon or bust in, in that standpoint. Uh, you know, maybe the other Will Anderson. They brought in CJ Stroud too, so maybe one of those guys they'd consider. But clearly, they didn't love those guys. But still, the state of this defense. I mean, 
uh, they, I said a lot last year, they got better as the year went along. I like the free agency moves they made. I like some of the draft picks they made, but they really could have gotten a blue chip defensive player at this pick and they didn't. So instead they trade back. They take Jameer Gibbs, a move I don't like. Uh, I'll just come out and I'll just leave it at, you know, basically state it plainly because if you were going to take a first round running back, you know, you, you would like them to, you know, make, could they move around a little bit and get Bijan Robinson? Oh, wait. Sean Robinson was on the board. If you wanted to take a first round running back, just take Bijan Robinson. Don't pay David Montgomery all that money. Pay uh, Jamal Williams instead, who made less. But, you know, and I know they traded DeAndre Swift and got a little draft capital back, but still just completely mishandling the valuation of the running back position. And grading this one pick, I'm kind of accumulating the entire offseason, which maybe isn't fair for the draft itself. I'm glad they at least traded back and got something before taking Gibbs and didn't just take him at six. So good on them for that, but didn't like the pick. Um, then they take uh, Jack Campbell at 18, which I was actually fine with. They need a linebacker and I like Jack Campbell. I'm actually okay with that one. They take Laporta over mayor. They take Laporta at the beginning of round two, which just in general felt high, although it's kind of seeming like that might've happened uh, with the way the, the tight ends got drafted. might've been a second round pick anyways. And then they do kind of get lucky, but they do the right thing and take uh, Brian Branch later on. Um, so that I like, but at the same time, in terms of him getting on the field this year, you're talking, you're starting nickel corner and maybe next year you're starting free safety. So there's just a lot of like, okay, you're moving like you're a contender, right? Uh, a, a committee running back, a middle linebacker, a nickel corner, and then a, a then a tight end who isn't even really an inline blocking tight end. So you're talking about a, a versatile pass catching chess piece, which again is nice. But these are all moves that, you know, these are the finishing touches for a championship, right? These are the finishing finishing touches for a Super Bowl. And in my head, I'll just keep coming back to Jared Goff as the quarterback, and I just don't think these were the type of moves you make with Jared Goff at the quarterback. Um, so this was my my disappointing team. You're my you were the chosen one. Uh, what did you think about the Lions, Austin? Um, I don't want to spoil too much of what I thought of them, but I think you made a lot of like really solid points, and I agree with most of what you said there. But uh, I've got them. I'll talk about them. All right, a little bit great. Later. Yeah, we'll come we'll come back to them. Can't wait. Number three, the Thanos guys. Can you tell it's about to be you know the summer, and, and I'm in uh, pop culture slash fandom mode. These are all themed this way, so I hope you're all enjoying. Uh, the Thanos, fine. I'll do it myself. Draft class, that does the least to help the team's quarterback. So this one's kind of specific, but what did you come up with this for, Austin? Um, I don't necessarily know if this is where this team belongs, but I had to talk about this team, and I had I love, to do it, in, it in a negative context. So Wedge this it is on where I'm there. placing it. This is great. It's the Chiefs, who probably Ooh. are Thanos themselves. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Andy Reid um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they drafted one receiver, and it was the worst draft pick of the entire draft. You went in on this one at Slack. I went in on this for probably fifteen minutes on the Tricky Takes podcast yesterday. <laughs> I probably talked about this. I was on a soapbox for at least seven or eight minutes, just dead silence. Just me going off on this pick. It's the single worst draft pick in the history of the NFL. He's not going to make the 
a roster. Here's my here's my bold take, hottest take. He doesn't make the roster. A second round pick. He's going to get cut. He is. That's has. I can believe that. He. I think the Steelers and, had that happen to them one year. <laughs> he's a second round draft, but he's going to be behind. Um, Sky Mork, Darius Tony. Who's the guy out of Marcus Clemson? Baldus, Scant- who Scantling. Have, uh, who's always hurt. Oh, uh, Justin Ross. Justin yeah, Ross, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Justin yeah, Ross yeah, 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 is going yeah, to be Ross. a... I can't wait. I love, I love, I love, <laughs> I love Justin Ross. Remind me, maybe Justin at the Ross. end of this, we're going to have to talk about some undrafted receivers that I want to get your take on, but continue on the Chiefs. Okay. Um. Yeah, Justin just uh, Rasheed Rice is maybe a tenth of the player Justin Ross is. And I get, you know, Ross is only like hurt. You know, that's his only like downside. Uh, but Rasheed Rice has the single worst route running I've ever seen in my entire life. For a guy who's supposed to be a contested catch guy, he's not that big, and he doesn't catch contested catches as well. He caught like 48% of, of contested tries his senior year. Zay Flowers, who's like five foot eight and a half, caught 58, like 10% more than Rasheed Rice did of contested catch opportunities. He has no separating ability. He's not fast. He doesn't run route trail. He doesn't catch the ball well when he's open. He doesn't catch the ball well when he's contested. He's not big. He's not strong. Like what? Actually, like what are you looking at when you see him? I don't get it. He was. I. I. I graded twenty seven receivers. Does he return? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. You keep. Going. I. I graded twenty seven receivers in this draft class. He was my lowest graded receiver out of all 27 of them by seven points. There was a seven point gap between him and number 26. So yeah, I had a grade on him. That's like, wouldn't even make a division one roster, which he didn't. I mean, I don't think SMU is D one, aren't they? Are are they, I guess. Yeah. Are they NCAA or are they? They're FBS. They're FBS. Okay. But yeah, like that's, that's my thoughts. Rasheed Rice. Completely sucks. Won't make their opening day roster. Justin Ross will be wide receiver one for the Chiefs this year. That's my hot take. I can't wait for for Justin Ross. That's all. That's all I care about now. I don't move over Rasheed Rice. I don't care about you. Um, I'm trying to. I'm I'm going through real quick and trying to find consensus Rice rankings. I mean, they are all over the place. So that's never a good sign when you see that. Um, the rest of the Chiefs draft class I they grabbed a tackle which interesting. they got their tackle needed. and today you know we'll, up, we'll we'll update these as we go because with a lot of the stuff in the draft when when you're watching whether it's your team or any team and you're like wow they have one glaring hole that's probably because on day one of the draft they when they didn't get a guy to fall at them to them that, at that position they usually start feeling out some of the other veterans out of, that are out there mm-hmm. um so the 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 very low level form of this is the Steelers signed Shannon Sullivan, former Vikings nickel corner. Yep. Um, they didn't address Ass. it all in the draft. He sucks, yeah, it, by the it, way. It, Have fun. Um, he won't play. Don't it's not gonna happen. A good end of this that I'm very upset about the Ravens did not draft a corner until like the fifth round, I want to say. And today they signed Rocky Sin, who's just a street free agent sitting out there. Um yep. today the Chiefs. You know, you mentioned it. They didn't address tackle until the third round, which, hey, Wanya Moore sounds like he could be pretty good, but still you're not going to necessarily want a third-round pick to be your starting right tackle for a Super Bowl contending team. They signed Donovan Smith like a few hours before we recorded this podcast. So um, 
some projection, him going from left to right with Joan Taylor going from right to left. But uh, the Chiefs will figure that out. I'm not too worried. But to your point, yeah, you're like, okay, that they're almost falling into, could they be falling into the Aaron Rodgers trap with like the Packers, right? Where it's, hey, Mahomes, you've, you'll figure all these guys out. We got, we have to keep drafting our defense. Um, now I think he will figure it out. I'm sure Rasheed Rice will now go for like 1,200 yards if he is able to make Please, the team. Otherwise... I will look like an absolute fool <laughs> with the amount of bad you things. Just, you just have to throw on the caveat that, hey, Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback. That's all you have to say. You'll, you'll be all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll trust yeah. you. We'll trust you. Um, my pick for the Thanos final two of myself award, I'm staying in the same division and I'm going with the Los Angeles chargers. And I'm excited to get your take on this as the, as the wide receiver whisperer, but I'm not a big Quentin Johnston fan. I know the things he does well, and he's exceptional at those things. He is a, I think he's a great catch short run long, big target receiver. Um, and I, and that's great. And I think in the right scheme and, and for the right team and the right quarterback that can work. And Justin Herbert's a guy that can make that work. Deadly accurate, gets the ball out on time, reads defense as well. If there's anybody that's going to set up Quentin Johnson to have a good, to be a good scheme fit, to make good plays, it's Herbert, but that's Herbert doing something for a receiver, right? That's not the receiver helping Herbert because what Herbert, I'm saying Herbert a lot, what he needed was a guy to stretch the field vertically, was a true downfield threat, a speedster, a guy that Herbert could drop back and chuck that ball 65 yards and have someone run under it. I don't think Johnson's that guy. I'm getting serious Chase Claypool vibes from Quentin Johnson. And for as big and fast as Claypool was, uh, testing-wise, it did not show up on tape. He was not a 50-50 jump ball winner. He was not a, a stack the cornerback, get out ahead of him, and, and run out under a deep ball. He was not any of that. He he was a catch short, run long, handoffs in the backfield, and all that's nice and, and makes you a decent player. But you didn't do the one thing that that this offense really needed. Now, I know they took who Darius Davis in the fourth round from TCU. Uh, I'm not going to bank on that. That the five eight hundred and sixty five pound you know returner and and tell me he's the deep threat. I'm not going to bank on that. Um, and then after that, they they pretty much went defense. They they picked up Jordan McFadden, a Clemson guard. Um, they picked up a backup quarterback and Max Duggan. Just TCU, 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 baby. Look at that. Gotta love it. Um, but just and the fact that Zay Flowers was sitting there. Zay Flowers was sitting there. Even if you think Johnson is a better overall player. When you think about what this def- what this offense needed with Keenan Allen being the the tactician route runner, with Mike Wims being the jump ball 50-50 guy, you could have really used someone to stretch the field vertically. And they did not do that. So that was that was the thing I didn't like by the Chargers and, and why Herbert's just gonna have to keep making these guys look better than than you know, than maybe they are. What are your thoughts on on the Chargers and these receivers? Yeah, um, I gotta say, I I do like uh, Quentin Johnston, and I think he fits really well with the Chargers. I think what he does well is something they don't have actually, because uh, Mike Williams is like the big play guy, like mm-hmm. just in a in a big red zone target. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen is like the tactician who is going to be kind of like a nice safety valve mm-hmm. and can get open pretty much every play what um 
what Quentin Johnston does well to me is like fit in that in-between range where he's not going to be like the deep threat, which if you really think that's what they need, I, I understand that they could use that for sure. Um, but I think Quentin Johnston with his ability to run after the catch, which is something they don't have and his ability to really use his size, not as a contested catch winner. If you look at his contested catch stuff, he's not a big contested catch guy, even though he profiles one like physically, uh, but what he does do well is kind of box out corners on the outside. And when he works really well to me on uh, moving towards the boundary. And that's another thing that I don't necessarily, I think Keenan is more of a middle of the field guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Quentin Johnson's going to be a really nice, uh, he's quick on inside routes, can get open on those, not quite Keenan, but then he also excels. I think he's going to run a lot of like, slant and goes and get some uh you know big plays on that you'll be able to run after the catch after those and a lot of like quick outs uh stick routes stuff like that whips if he's ever you know he's still he can play in the slot i I don't think he will primarily but i think he has the ability to um but they did get their burner darius davis runs four three six so they got their burner so i do like what they grabbed um and four five two is plenty of speed. I feel like we live in a day where people forget that four five two is really fast. Like especially at six foot three. Like it's it's not elite speed, but like four five two for Quentin Johnson's nice still. Like I, I think people discount that. Yeah, it has nothing to do with his top end speed because again, yeah, like you like we were saying, his yak is what he can do there is incredible. The thing that worries me about being that catch short run long guy is let's say so let's say you're you're trying to get him something underneath let's say you're trying to get him on a drag route or something close to the line of scrimmage and, and i know like play design is going to open things up and kellamore is going to help but if you're not worried about keenan allen deep it, it, it's like it's like a basketball game right you, you have a guy that drives and is great in the pick and roll driving to the basket but you've got a non-shooter in the corner and then you've got a big man in front of the rim that paint's going to be clogged up if I'm worried about Keenan Allen over the middle, I've got a linebacker sitting there in zone coverage. I've got my nickel corner shading to the inside. I And I've got one of my safeties down because I don't have a burner because, uh, I'm sorry, it's going to take a, a few weeks of really good play for me as a, as a defense or as an analyst to think Darius Davis is going to hurt me consistently down the field. Um, if, I, if I have all that going for me as a defense and I can clog up the middle, it's going to be hard to get Johnston – the ball over the middle for him to run long, let alone once he gets it. Yeah, he's good after the catch, but if I have three guys around him, including linebacker and safety, it's going to be harder to break those tackles. Um, if I'm running a slant and go on one side, right, with with Mike Williams kind of being there on some sort of deep route, um, by the time Johnson slants and goes, he's going to catch up with Mike Williams and there's going to be a safety back there. You know what I mean? So I'm just worried about the spacing of everything. And I think Johnson, while he has the speed to get downfield for sure, especially with the height, and if he runs the right way, he's going to find a way to do it. But I don't think that's the best part of his game. You know, if I was going to say in this offense, I need someone that is going to stack a corner and, and track a ball deep. Johnson's not the guy I would want for that. I, I would rather have Flowers. I'd probably rather have Addison. Um, the, the size profile I think is good on Johnson for that. 
But again, I'm just I I'm getting serious Claypool vibes, and and that was never a thing he was good at. Again, doesn't mean Johnson won't have a role or won't succeed, but just in terms of what this offense really needed, because I think Herbert will maximize him. But for this award, I would have liked somebody else to help maximize what Justin Herbert can do. Um, all right, Austin, take us to let's see, let take take us. I'm the one with the list. Uh, our next award kick us off with the Spider Man glasses meme. Um, the Ooh, more you look one. at it, the more clear it gets. And this could be good or bad. This could be one pick. This could be a draft class. Take it however you want. What became what has become more clear to you now here on Wednesday evening about the draft that didn't really make a lot of sense when it happened? To me, it is the fate of Kyler Murray. Oh, buddy, you should have been on my Twitter account before uh, before the draft started, <laughs> man. Kyler Murray is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. Nope. Um the trade down to grab Paris Johnson is one that Kyle Murray was begging for. Yep. Uh, but I'm sorry, you're not going to be there for it next year, but bro, uh, have fun playing Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> no, he'll be on an NFL roster, but I don't think it'll be the Cardinals. The Cardinals have two shots at one of the top two quarterbacks because they're going to have two top six picks, and if one of those two is number one or number two they're going to get either Caleb Williams or Drake May. Uh, the other one, if it's if they get picks one, two of one, two, and three, the Cardinals are just immediate like Super Bowl contenders. Because all right, let's slow down. Let's I'm, slow. I'm exaggerating. Let's, that defense. They're obviously slow. they're immediate NFC contenders because Marvin Harrison's probably the best player of all time, to be honest with you, like what he does. <laughs> Sorry, Marvin Harrison Jr. Did I, did I say the junior? His father, yes, Marvin Harrison Sr., one of the best receivers of all time. His son is 10 just, times receiver he ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm in love with Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. I would take him probably one overall next year and say we'll find another quarterback because there's more quarterbacks like Caleb Williams than there are receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'm not joking when I say that. But... Um. Yeah, I, I think like, I think this what made clear by that trade down uh, is they want to get rid of of Kyle Murray next year, and I think they're gonna have two cracks at getting a good quarterback to replace him. I'm trying to scroll back through and find it, but yeah, when that when that tweet came through, it said Kyle Murray is begging oh here it is uh mike garofalo for what it's worth word is kyler murray likes paris johnson a lot and has let it be known that inside the cardinals building johnson visited there recently uh this april 24th was when we got this uh and my subsequent quote tweet was does kyler know he won't ever play behind johnson if he's drafted there (laughs) Uh, i'm sure caleb will like him though yeah um yeah man the cardinals man it's been done for it's been done for two years and this draft class definitely put the nail in the coffin with all the picks that they've gotten with all the things that you know let me let me pull up each pick again because uh, i want to i want to get all get a feel for these um to not go with a receiver until the end of the third round right um to not do anything else on the offense i mean greg Gaines uh, or john Gaines. sorry i did like that one um but this was very much a lay the foundation type of draft right you get you get one tackle you get a you get a guard you'll see what he becomes 
but you get a couple corners, get a linebacker, you get a defensive tackle. This is very much a, we know we're going to be bad and we just need some bodies to fill out this roster so we can technically play next year so we can lose as many games as possible. Take Caleb Williams. So I'm with you on that one. Um, mine was the Bengals for the for the glasses meme, the, the one that, and it wasn't even, I thought they had a bad class uh, on draft night when it happened or, or over draft weekend. But it was one of those that just as it, I got to writing my grades on, um, uh, so for everybody, uh, go to famsportsindustries.com. I wrote draft grades for every team, uh, did it by division. So there's eight articles out there. You can find it's on my Twitter feed as well, uh, pinned to the top. There's a little thread of all of them. But when I went to do their grades, started, I started like Saturday afternoon. I started putting them together. The more and more I looked at it, man, I was just like, man, Miles Murphy at, at 29. That's, that's, I don't love Miles Murphy, in vision, but at 29, that's, that's a good pick. DJ Turner, ooh, that's a, that's a good pick. They just need more, more bodies there in the defense back. Jordan Battle, you know, it's not a great safety class. They needed a safety. I wasn't going to judge him harshly if they didn't get one because it's not a great class, but to get him all the way at the end of the third round, the things he does with the infrastructure of that defense, I like that. Oh, Charlie Jones and Andre Yosevas. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are going into the last year of their contracts right now. I know Higgins probably getting an extension, but we'll see. One of the mid-round running backs I actually liked in this draft, Chase Brown, because you know what? Samaje P. Ryan, we know the value he brought to that offense last year, and he's gone. This could be his replacement. Dang, this was a nice draft by Cincinnati. Um, just they, I know they didn't do tight end. The fun mock for them was always Dalton Kincaid. Um, this this era of the Bengals just don't value tight ends that way. They've proven that. CJ Uzama has a good year. They let him walk. Hayden Hurst had a solid year. They let him walk. They go get Irv Smith. They, they don't care about drafting heavily or investing heavily in that position. Technically, Lyle Collins and... Um, uh, the other tack Jonah Williams are both still on the rosters and they missed out on Anton Harrison who went at 27 of the Jags. So that's fine. They just got good players at important positions and they added depth and youth to a team that is going to get expensive very soon. With that, Austin, any thoughts for you on, on the Bengals in this class? Yeah, I gotta say, I, I kind of agree with you on your assessment. Um, I am a big Miles Murphy fan. I kind of came on to him late when I remembered back to that 2021 version of him and the 2021 version of, of the Clemson Tigers defense <laughs> that was just absolutely mm-hmm. destroyed in 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, DJ Turner is a really nice corner. Um, he is ahead on, on my draft board ahead of a guy who went in the first round who I'll be talking about in a couple minutes here. Um. I and think we're then, gonna have the same pick. Oh god. <laughs> uh I'm a big Chuck Sizzle fan, Chuck Nasty, right. uh Shaky Jones, uh the Chuckinator, whatever you want to call him, Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Uh big fan of his. Uh an absolute slot monster. Um so yeah, I, I think they kind of just drove it right down the fairway. DJ Turner, one one last thing. I'll, I'll be really interested to see what they do with their combo combination of corners now. Cam Taylor Britt, Chitabe Awuzie, Mike Hilton, DJ Turner. Um, you know, is Mike Hilton gonna be the slot on rundowns and then DJ Turner on passing downs? 
Is Hilton going to play like a hybrid safety role as in being just in the box against the run blitzing kind of guy? That would be fun um, with Turner just being like the full time more of a nickel. Do they bring Turner along slowly? Does he end up overtaking Hilton at some point? Watching how that kind of unfolds because Awuzie was having a great year before his injury. Now, another thing, maybe he takes a little bit longer. I haven't tracked his recovery from his injury late last season. Him, Dale Britt had a nice year. So seeing how that that defensive back room all comes together, you know, Dax Hill was kind of brought in as that nickel slash free safety. I expect him to be the free safety full time, but you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to track how, how all that comes along. Um, all right, we're both ready for this one. We're both we're both ready for this one. Sorry, Robertson. Uh, it's the Friday. Damn superlative going to the most surprising class, good or bad. Asterix or pick good or bad. Um, Austin, I'll, I'll give you the floor first. I mean, yeah, it's just a pick and it's Emmanuel Forbes going to the commanders as the second cornerback off the board. Yeah. Oh my God. He was like yeah. cornerback six, five, maybe five. I, yeah. if you put him as your cornerback five, I understand. If you had him in your cornerback two, you need to immediately go get drug tested because you got roofied last night. What are you, like what's going on? Paul Ron Rivera. Um, he even made the statement. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to play against Devontae Smith. Yeah, because he's the only receiver in the NFL in your weight class, bro. <laughs> like you just I, I I they are he's limited. He's very good. He's a ball hawk and he's very good at what he does. But he is just so limited on what he can do compared to Deontay Banks, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., even DJ Turner we just talked about. Like all those guys can just do so much more on the football field than Forbes can. And Gonzalez does the ball hawking just as well, in my opinion. Uh, um, I don't know. I just think this is this – is, absolutely absurd like i don't understand i don't understand what made them think unless their decision is like hey he's going to stop deontay smith twice a year and i mean cd lamb's not that big of a guy maybe he can keep up with cd lamb cd lamb's kind of big i don't he's know so long he's so long yeah that's the thing yeah um I don't know who else who was in, who in that division do they want to stop? Clearly, Devontae Smith. He's put him on the opposite side of the field. I don't care yeah, if, don't, if AJ don't Brown and Devontae AJ Smith. Yeah. If AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are lined up like together, like on the same side of the field, just put Emmanuel on the other side of the field. I don't care have, if there's no receivers over there. You're gonna have to Steph Curry uh scramble drill him out of the paint on that on that switch. Yeah, that's not gonna yeah. that's not gonna work it's out. It's just it's not gonna work out. I don't I just I just fundamentally don't understand what they were thinking when they made that pick this is my pick as well and it's for it's for the commanders as a whole um because we'll, we'll talk about their next pick in a minute which i'll be interested to get your take on but you know we see stuff like this in the draft where teams you know you said it at the top these guys get paid more than we do these guys do this full time not necessarily rivera scouting that much but they get these reports from these professional scouts who are out there doing this every single day they have a type they have a scheme they have a a, a locker room personality that they want to maintain all of that stuff. You could, 
if you if you came to me with with the scheme fit and personality fit and all that stuff and, and came to me and, and showed me the good argument for why they like Forbes over Banks and Porter, I mean, I would Banks disagree. I would disagree, but I would be like, okay, he's a vastly different guy from them, right? You, you know, those are two big physical press corners, and Forbes is this little uh, pick six machine kind of guy. I could, I could, I could almost get with that. I wouldn't agree, but I'd be like, okay, there, there's a, there's a, a method to the madness here that I just don't see. But when you tell me Christian Gonzalez is dropped and is there, this was the Bo Callahan on, on draft day, where this guy just fell for no reason and we didn't know it. Now we've heard some stuff behind the scenes since then, but it, either way. He's falling and everyone's panicking. And Washington was like, we don't know what to do. We didn't We didn't expect him to be here. Uh, just take Forbes, take Forbes. We like Forbes. And completely panicked and, and butchered it. You know, we talked about the Jets panicking when a guy wasn't on their board. Commanders, I think, just panicked. And, and they didn't even, they might not have even scouted Gonzalez. They might have just been like, wait, that guy Gonzalez is fun. Anyone scout him? Nope, nope, didn't look at him. Well, all right, we'll just take Forbes then. I did not understand this. And then to make matters worse, to double down, right? Again, Bo Callahan, just draft day, just killing it this season, these last few podcasts. To double down on the lie, right? Didn't send the money back. He didn't admit he took the money. Didn't admit he took the playbook. He just, he, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, good one, guys. Good joke, good joke. You'll, you'll know what I mean if you're the four people that watch draft day. Um, Jartavius Martin, safety slash nickel corner from Illinois. is their second round pick. The commanders have gone from a room that needed a, one more high-level corner to a room that is completely packed with guys who do a little bit of everything, but not a lot of guys that stand out and do any one thing great. So they currently have Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, your guy Cam Dantzler, yeah. Derek Forrest, Jartavis Martin, Cam Curl. Tree Castro Fields? God, he was on here. Totally missed that. That's interesting. They just have a room full of guys, and I don't know who does what. You could convince me almost any of these guys is going to line up in any position. And, you know, if I had a higher viewpoint from Rivera and Jack Del Rio and what they were going to do, I'd say, ooh, that's the point. You're not going to know who's where. And yada. I don't think that's it. I think they don't know where they're going to put these guys yet. And they were told they can't take a quarterback yet this year, and they might have just taken, taken some corners. I don't know. I don't know. What, you know. Any other follow-up thoughts for you on the Commanders? Maybe Jartarius Martin, specifically them as a whole, what's going on there? When you ask, I picture, this is what I picture. I picture every time you ask Ron Rivera about just player X in their defensive back room, he starts it by, now here's a guy. (laughs) And then just like rambles on incoherently for like four or five minutes about how he's a guy. And like, that's, that's all I have to say is like, you there's no none of these players are like self ex self-explaining like for their roles and stuff like and what they do to help the team i i just don't get it child to robertson vire odds on favorite this guy knows the commanders and, and knows what this team is doing and even he was flabbergasted we we were texting back and forth for the three days basically <laughs> trying to figure out and, and even he was going around in circles talking about all these guys and, and who they could be and what they could be doing. I I'm lost. Uh, I, there were so many things Washington could have done to help themselves. 
they they did fine in some of the other aspects of this draft. I like getting the interior offensive line depth in the mid rounds. I liked uh, KJ Henry adding to that edge room. I, I like that. But those first two picks, man, they just felt like they felt like just a hat on a hat and and not a good hat in either scenario. Let's go to this next one here. We have the Game of Thrones Winter is Coming Award. And it's for a team that is rising into contention because of this draft class or just, you know, one or two picks in general. But which team do you see fully on the rise, making a real run at this thing in 2023, 2024 on the back of what they did in the draft? Uh, yeah, this one's super easy for me, actually. And it's the it's the, it's the Seattle Seahawks. That's why I had to. Yep. OK, um, I have a crazy conspiracy theory um, that oh, I great. talked about I on our own. <laughs> I love I love these things. Um, there's a by the way, there's a, a, a conspiracy theory amongst both Steeler fans and Steeler haters that the league agreed to let Joey Porter Jr. fall to 32. That's a fun one. Yeah. OK. That one's super unrealistic. This one, though, as this, actually this one's true. for real. Yeah, Th- yeah, this yeah, one, exactly. though, <laughs> the earth is flat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Kyrie, get out of here <laughs> next week. That's next week. Uh, so my conspiracy theory is that the. Seahawks did not um, or went just like stuck where they were because a lot of people had them like trying to trade up and get Anthony Richardson, which I think would have been brilliant because hmm. their roster is super nice. Mm-hmm. Gino is fine, but like in a few years, if Anthony Richardson develops, Seahawks could be like basically yeah. the best team in football, like again. Um, but instead, they went with the win now approach. And I think it's because Pete Carroll's 72 years old yep. and he's not going to be coaching that much longer. So he's ready to just go win as many games as possible right now. And so he's like, guys, go get me the last piece I need in this defensive back room. And Devon Witherspoon, who is an absolute stud, will do great things yep. uh, in that already like uh, good DB room that they uh, put together last year. And then they got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, who was my wide receiver one, was yep. the clear consensus wide receiver one in this draft class. He will fit in perfectly in the slot with DK and Tyler Lockett working on the outside. That is fantastic. And then Derek Hall pick. Okay, sure. I'm fine with that, I guess. And then Zach Charbonnet killed Kenneth Walker's dynasty value and for dynasty mm-hmm. fantasy football. Mm-hmm. But I think what he does for the team is great because Ken Walker did not was not the most efficient guy. He had a lot of carries and did well as he got those carry like with those carries. But uh, I think splitting up his workload will make him more efficient. Will keep him healthier because he did deal with a little bit of an injury, and they didn't really have that much depth. Like I'm not a big DJ Dallas fan, um, and Rashad Penny's gone obviously. So um, yeah, I I really like Zach. Charbonnet um to go there and work in that tandem and they got Kenny Mac- uh, McIntosh at the back end like the back of the seventh round he's going to be there like DJ Dallas replacement that dude can catch the ball out of the backfield as well as anybody in this draft class really like that pick in the seventh round as well yeah I have the Seahawks here it, it feels like so here's the thing I, w- I was actually about a month ago probably a few pretty early in this process for us talking to Ben Parker again about the Steelers draft. And, you know, my preference uh, as everyone listening knows is is trench, 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 O-line, D-line, get some linebackers in there, really muck this thing up. 
that's where the Steelers ended up going, made my heart very happy. But I wanted to explore the possibility of this is such a high-octane passing league now, right? The the old-school Bill Parcells uh, way to draft in the first round of your quarterback, your guy to protect your quarterback, mainly the left tackle, and the guy to, to, to sack the quarterback, the end edge rusher, has expanded to the guy who catches passes from the quarterback and the guy who tries to stop the guy from catching passes from the quarterback in corner. So the uh, for the Seahawks, I was convinced that they would just hit the defensive line hard and and hey to make my heart happy throwing a guard or center because the interior of that line needs some work too and instead they were just like nope not gonna do it we gotta we gotta put up 30 points a game and we gotta get a couple interceptions and you know for that method and, and what today's game is yeah man that they and they knocked it out of the park with the guys they got for it right witherspoon is the perfect marriage for p carroll and, and gonna be a fantastic uh piece in this defensive backfield um jackson smith and jigba is perfect on offense this team is going to be one of the best offenses in the league and for my feelings about mid-round to even second round running backs um what's going that's about draft process right what's going to happen on the field is that there's another good running back who's a different style to kenneth walker and that at the end of the now, I just happen to think you could find that guy undrafted or in the sixth or seventh round, but we'll we'll come off that. When the games start, it's going to be a good thing that this has happened, right? It's going to be a good thing to get Ken Walker a little bit of a lighter workload, get him a, a more power back to go with what he does. Um, so they're they're going for it. Do I think they should have done more on the defensive line? Yes, because this was a bad run defense last year, and they did add Draymond Jones and, and Jaron Reed, but. I still think they could have used a little bit more, but we'll we'll see. Derek Hall, Bobby Wagner, good pickups. Jamal Adams apparently going to be playing linebacker this year instead of a safety, which is essentially what he always did. But he's going to be back on the on the team from from the injury last year. Um, they can piecemeal this this run defense, I think, and be even if they could just be about average. But if they're getting a couple more interceptions over the course of the season, they're better on passing downs on defense, and they're putting up thirty points a game now because of JSN. This was a good move for them. And in an open NFC, they can definitely make some things happen. Let's get to our next one here. It's the Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this. It's the GM that's always pulling something on draft day. What, what do you got for this one, Austin? It's Howie Roseman. Uh, good one. There's there's not uh, the Eagles GM for anyone who isn't aware. Uh, him jumping and ahead of the Bears, who it would be really, really dumb for the Bears not to have, or, or if they had Jalen Carter on their draft board to let them like trade in, you know, four and get Jalen Carter. Um, but he was like Jalen Carter is who I wanted to go to the Bears. Who he's who I wanted the Bears to pick. I thought that would have been the best pick, and they traded it away. Um, I don't know. That whole trade situation made no sense to me. I don't think Allie Roseman should be allowed to make any draft day trades because anytime he does, it just works out beautifully. Then let's talk about Nolan Smith. Nolan <laughs> pick Smith, 31. man. Nolan Smith. Uh, or pick 30. What the hell? That dude, they got two guys who I had mocked in the top 10, but one of them was at nine. The other one was at 30. That doesn't make any sense. 
And then Tyler Steen, I mocked in the first round. Your boy. On my first, I first mock draft. I uh-huh. took him out. He slid down my board a little bit towards the end, but got him in the third round. Uh, a tackle who played guard as well. Um, in, in college, he played both, and he played both at a high level. Um, I think he's really great because they don't need him right away, and whatever gap they get, he can just fill. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. And then Sidney Brown out of Illinois is a great pick. Keely Ringo, how did Keely, how did Keely Ringo fall to the Eagles at around four? No, that can't. No, that doesn't make sense. I don't, that's not fair. <laughs> the uh, DJ, Daniel Jeremiah, tweeted out after watching the 2021 um national championship game he said just watch tape from the georgia national championship game draft the defense all of them is what he said <laughs> and howie rosman was just like oh okay i'll, I'll do that Got it. and yeah. has drafted i think five or six now of the players from that starting defense three in yeah. this draft class i think two maybe three in the last one i can't remember if it was two or three yeah i think that's it uh yeah it's ridiculous. And then Tanner McKee, just because, like, why not have a nice yeah, Tanner McKee in the sixth round to be your backup quarterback? Because why not? The I Eagles, uh, I'll, I'll spoil it. We, we won't do this this one um, superlative because they were my pick for the uh, Clay Davis from The Wire. He award because my, like, every time that pick just ran through, that, that was all I could say. Um, this is a great pick for these guys that this was Howard Roseman was one half of, of my options that I thought of for, for this award. It's just all everything you said there. Just, I, I couldn't agree more with, I, I have no notes. It's just watch out for the Eagles, man. They're, they're starting to become the Spurs. Remember that in, yeah. in the like 2010s, every draft pick that they made was, of course he would go to the Spurs. How do we let this happen? It's like, well, they're, all you other teams, you, you 29 to 31 teams in, in the league. Don't let the Spurs slash the Eagles take that guy. Just don't let that happen. Um, I don't agree with you on the Bears, by the way. They were absolutely needed to tackle. So good on good on Chicago. Don't listen to Austin. Um, my pick for this award is, is the only other person that I think this could go to. And it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And it's not even because they did anything that everybody else wanted to do. But how long are we going to let this guy just make a mockery? of the NFL draft. I mean, we're talking, this is their, this is their mid rounds. All right. You ready for, you ready for this center kicker guard, another guard, a wide receiver who is a five-star and wants to be thought to be a, a first round pick, potentially best wide receiver in this class punter center kicker guard, guard wide receiver punter. I mean, this guy just walks in and it's just like, Hey man, I need, I need someone to kick the ball. Hey, I need, I need a number eight on the uh, on the field goal line. Hey, long snapper. No, we still have one. Okay, never mind. And that's it. That's the whole draft plan by the Patriots. I mean, I don't listen. How did he, I, I how did he get I've, some of those draft picks though? I mean, it worked. It worked. No, and that's no. What, I'm saying. what did he do in the first round? Oh, the 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 trade back. The trade back. Which pick was the Steelers? Which pick was the 120? Four, which, th- which of those guys? One of the guards? So um, of the guards 
Yeah. I just want to know who to take credit for. No. Wait, I'm trying to do math. Yeah, I'm going to the other listing. Uh, 120. Did that make its way back to the Jets? Yeah, that that's hilarious. That pick made its way back to the Jets. Wait, I wait, assume... wait, wait. We're doing this on the fly, everybody. Yeah, so at some point, the Jets traded up or back from 112, and that's when the Patriots took the kicker, Chad Ryland. That's hilarious. New York let the Patriots trade the pick to get their tackle Placed. off the board, and Placed. then they traded the pick. They traded for the pick that the Patriots got from it. I mean, that's some form of cannibalism, right? That There's something in there. There's some tie to that, some tie to marrying a it cousin. It should something. be illegal. Yeah, there's there's something to look into. NFL, get, get, get on that. That's really funny, though. And Carter Warren... The pick at 120, the tackle, you know what college you went to? Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. That's going to be fun to pay attention to. So everybody, for the rest of time, Carter Warren, Roger Jones, Christian Gonzalez, and Chad Ryland are, are all connected, so we, we can all keep that in mind. Um, Anything else for you on the Patriots? You had an eyebrow raise at the Keishon Boutte thing. but uh, I'm not a Keishon Boutte fan. I think I just, he is when, like like uh, two booty booty uh boot booty whatever you want. No, I just um, think he's ass. <laughs> uh, but no, there was some last year, right? Yeah, he had some hype as as a first round. No, he was he was getting yeah. buzz uh, yeah. originally, yes. But I I'm not a fan. Well, strike him from the record then. Let's move on to this next one here: the Fast and Furious Dom Toretto. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And this is just who's who's just going for it. Who's to hell with everything? No seatbelts. We don't need them. Uh, don't worry about green lights at other intersections. We're just going for it. Who is that? Well, obviously the team who picked twice in the first three picks. I like it. I like it. I have them for another one. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean the Houston Texans were just like, just uh, clearly, I, we're tired of being down here and picking or being up here and picking this high, like I'm ready to get a pick in the teens for once. That's my own. And so they <laughs> went and got CJ Stroud. And I, I, I think they wanted Will Anderson more than Stroud. Here's my take is they want Will Anderson more than Stroud, but they knew the price to trade up to the number three pick would be more expensive for Stroud. So they took him off the board that way the price would drop down for that pick, and they traded up and got Will Anderson. I think that was beautiful what they did. Other... Um, so they did that, and then and I was going to say, they, I just like the rest of their draft class as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathaniel Dell, I think, is a nice addition to the wide receiver room, along with Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, um, I think I think those are are nice solid additions. Um, I think they're getting, I think they're gearing up to like actually play good football. I yes, I agree. Um the other end of that that theory uh, on the trading of Will Anderson uh is that the coaching staff and maybe management wanted Will Anderson and that was the pick. And then the owner slash maybe also management put the hammer down and said, No, we have to take a quarterback. So that was also kind of the thinking behind that. Okay, we gotta do what the owner says with number two pick. 
And then he left the room to go make the call and we made the trade and got our guy, Will Anderson. That's the other end of that. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the Texans because uh, we, we won't get to this, this award, but I had them for the Mandalorian, This Is The Way which is just a, a good all-around draft, a good method of team building, a really good draft process. I know uh, draft and NFL nerds that hated this move because it's like, oh, you're giving up future assets. You're giving up a lot for, for an edge rusher. The draft is only 50-50. You want as many bites at the apple, and I definitely get that. But from a team building perspective, I totally get what they did because Tomiko Ryans walked in and wants to change the culture that's there in Houston. And he identified Will Anderson as the guy to do that for the defense. And whether you think he had really did that for the quarterback or if he just kind of had to take one, by taking a quarterback, that alone says we're here to win right now. I'm not going to sit by on my hands with, with Davis Mills again, and we'll see what happens and maybe get Caleb Williams next year. This is a, I've got my quarterback. I've got my tone setter on defense. We're here to win. And if that costs a first-round pick, when, by the way, you have an extra first-round pick next year anyways, then by gosh, we're going to do it. I like the other things they did. Nate Dell and Xavier Hutchinson, you get two different wide receivers, two different body types in a room that has some names I'm interested in but doesn't really scream a lot of talent. I like that. Henry To'o in the fifth round, I like that. Put him next to Christian Harris. Those guys were linebackers together at Alabama, by the way, so it was Tobacco Ryans. Um, and then Drew Scruggs and Jared Patterson. Those guys could be the starting center and right guard for this team in, in 2024, uh, Shaq Mason, I think, is on a one-year deal. They just traded for Scott Quessenberry's back on a one-year deal at center. I, I want both those guys to start. I want the vets to start with the rookie quarterback, but I, I could see Scruggs and Patterson being the starters soon. Um, so that's my thought on the Texans there. For the uh, Dom Toretto Award for, for this um, uh, living my life quarter mile at a time, I had the Miami Dolphins, and it's for two reasons. The one and the one that I actually care most about is the recklessness in which this team is living. They're here for a long time, not for, or they're here for a good time, not for a long time. They did not draft an offensive lineman until the seventh round. Tua Tungvaloa had at least, what, three concussions last season. He talked about contemplating retirement over the offseason. They just picked up his fifth-year option. They're probably talking to him about an extension right now. Um, I, they probably won't ultimately get to one they'll probably wait and see how the year goes but they had two they they, they didn't pick until the second round they had a second a third and, and either a sixth and seventh or two seventh round picks they did not address the offensive line which is just horrendous austin jackson they just declined his fifth year option and he's slated to be their starting right tackle right now liam eichenberg who i actually do like uh, even i'm finally admitting it just might not work out for liam eichenberg Osiris Torrance fell to them. And I know there's some medical stuff, but Osiris, Osiris Torrance fell to them. John Michael Schmitz was there too, if you want to move Connor Williams back over to guard. And then all the way down at pick 81, 71, whatever that third round pick was, I don't love this guy because of the football character stuff, but Dewan Jones was sitting there. Dewan Jones at 395 pounds or whatever he has ballooned up to since, since uh, his last game at Ohio State is better than Austin Jackson. To not address that is just is just reckless. And by the way, they didn't do it in favor of a mid-round running back, Devon A. Chain, who's very fast and and some people are very excited about. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to amount to too much because there's no offensive line and it's a committee backfield and the guy's 5'8", 160 pounds. So sure, he's small. Sure, he might get one or two really fun touchdowns, really fun plays. I think he's a decent player, 
but you know he he's small and he's quick so he's probably fast and furious dad cool. dad joke pun. Oh, sorry oh i like that if if overtime was decided by a track race around the field miami dolphins win every single overtime <laughs> You remember on Twitter a few months ago when it was like going back around like which team would have the best, like the fastest four by four track team? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It It's the Dolphins. Easy. Yeah. It was the Dolphins before by a hair. It now is the Dolphins by a long shot. A-chain can fly. Put that dude on the track team immediately in Miami. Um, I I agree that they needed to address the offensive line a lot, but good luck passing because... Uh, you're gonna have to throw it past Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Cam Smith. So have fun, good luck. Uh, yeah, I think that's where their their head was at. Just like, okay, we'll just have an insane cornerback room, and we'll have a lot of speed on the offense, and we'll just hope <laughs> it goes well. <laughs> so, even I admitted in my draft grades when I when I was grading them out. Like Cam Smith might have just been too high on the board to pass, and yeah. and I definitely yeah. get that. There at some point, no matter the team needs, and, and that that part I get, which is why like I originally was like this the team I'm gonna give an F to because I I try to do that every year. But um, between the fact that so many of their picks became Jalen Ramsey, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb, like hmm. that's pretty. Yeah. I, I count that. I, so like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, you you talked about earlier, not counting. I do count that. Um. And Cam Smith, yeah, just might have been too good to pass up. So I, I did understand. But in terms of living life quarter mile at a time, that's definitely what these guys are doing. Um, Austin, uh, take a. we're going to hit our next one here. We have two more we'll get to uh, quickly. We have the Avengers Assemble uh, uh, Award here. Who brought in the most talent but for the most important fight? So that's whose picks will make the biggest impact come playoff time. Um, I, I really like the team I chose here. I I had to get this team in somewhere, and then it dawned on me this is the exact one that they fit in, and it's the Jaguars. Wow, okay. The Jaguars are a playoff team. They mm-hmm. were last year. They won a game in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. They're mm-hmm. going to be back they, this they year. They fit the criteria, yep. Uh, Anton Harrison went pretty late in the first round. I, I thought yep. the Jets should have taken him um, when – Yep. The Steelers traded up ahead of him. I was like, oh, yep. just grab Anton. And then yep. he just fell. Uh, Brenton Strange at tight end, I Tough. I like. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, not the biggest Brenton Strange guy, but I, I see it there. Tanks Bigsby, I do like. Um, mm. Third round, uh, another third round running back. Mm. <laughs> we just are mm. finding those everywhere. Mm. Um, and then they just had so many late round picks. My yeah. favorite one is Parker Washington, yeah. who I think fits. I mean, he's when you look back at like LaVisca Chanel and like, you know, he's, they, he's gone now on the Panthers. Well, I think Parker Washington is like, just LaVisca Chanel again, like or just a running back who plays receiver um, and just a, an offensive weapon in general. So I, I really like that fit, but um, yeah, I just, their whole draft, they were super deep. They got a whole lot of depth down and they had th- two, two fourths, two fifths, three sixths and three sevenths. And so they really loaded up late uh, with just a lot of depth, and they added a really nice uh, piece to their offensive line and Anton Harrison early and uh, got another tight end to pair with Evan Ingram, who had a really nice resurgent year of his career last year. So, uh, 
yeah, I think I think they may are going to have another playoff push. That's a that's a good that's an interesting pick for this one. I gave them a fine grade overall. Incredible pivot by them for the Anton or for the Anton Harrison pick because not only did they lose Jawan Taylor and it's like okay we'll we'll just start a, a little over there on the right at the right tackle he he did fine in spot starts at left tackle last year we drafted him in the second round that's fine but for Cam Robinson to have the suspension under his belt for that news that came down like a day or two before it was either Tuesday or Wednesday something like that um and now he's coming off of the injury and he's like 20 i think he just turned 28 something like that and it's like okay he was starting to put it together he was not put it together he was playing well these last couple of years but came along pretty slowly do you feel good about where that guy is headed and for all the things we would like to do on defense add another interior rusher maybe add a, a, another defensive back nothing is more important in this building and for this team and franchise than keeping Trevor Lawrence upright and keeping that development going and keeping the offense moving in a forward direction. And if we don't have two good tackles to do that, we're not doing it. And so to pivot and come off of whatever their draft plan probably was, because I bet before that Robinson suspension, it was not tackle. And to just say, okay, you know what? We're just going to take tackle. And you know what? Because no one's thinking about it for us, we're going to trade down a couple times, end up picking at 27 instead of 24. And we're going to make the pick and we're going to have 12 picks on day three. And we're going to see who sticks there between DBs and, and edge rushers. And I did like that one. Not, not the one that, you know, I don't know if Anton Harrison's going to help me strike the fear in, in my opposing defenses, but I think he's going to be very good. I think that was a good pick by them. I went with the Buffalo bills for this award. And this kind of accumulates everything that they did over the off season, but it starts with, Josh Allen's Captain America. He's sitting there out of breath. Stephon Diggs is Iron Man over there unconscious. Dawson Knox is Thor somewhere licking his wounds. And just when all hope is lost for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid comes over the comes over the, the, the walkie on your left. And he's just there for a perfect little outlet pass over there on an out to the left, and he's going to get 20 yards of yak and a touchdown. Um, and by the way, who comes in next? Osiris Torrance is Dr. Strange just coming in with a nice little spell to help protect, give a, give a little shield action while everybody is uh, kind of getting in, getting themselves into place. And then you throw in all the other guys that they brought in over the offseason. Connor McGovern, Trent Sherfield, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris. The Bills are loading up. The Bills are saying, yes, we see the Bengals. They kind of overtook us. They kind of beat us out. Yes, we see the Chiefs. Yes, the Ravens got Lamar back and all of their pieces on offense. But we're still here. And I really like what the Bills did because Kincaid is just, he's essentially going to be their slot receiver. And Osiris Torrance is, I know they were going to probably move forward with McGovern and Bates as their starting guards. Edwards as kind of a, a swing interior guy. But Osiris Torrance was there, man, and they just went for it. And I, I love both those picks and, and what the Bills did this offseason. Yeah, the, I'm not a real big fan of those first two picks for sure. I think both of those fit uh, for what they're trying to do as a team. And uh, I can't complain about either of those even a little bit. And even Justin Shorter in the fifth round, I'm not the biggest Justin yeah. Shorter guy, but he's a player type that they don't really have. Um, he's one of those kind of like tight end receiver hybrids. I mean, he is a receiver. He plays out wide, uh, but uh, just a big guy, not the fastest. Uh, 
almost like Mike Williams esque, or like mm-hmm. actually, remember when they brought in Kelvin Benjamin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he like kind of like that style of player, and Kelvin Benjamin was past his prime by the time he got there. But uh, yeah, that style of player, which they don't really have uh, there in in Buffalo, so I think he's a nice team fit as well. Uh, Austin, before we get to our last award, actually, go ahead and give me your award, your winner for the Mandalorian. This is the way. Uh, so for me, this one goes to your Steelers. Oh, uh, you should you're too kind. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't yeah, have. I, you know, I, I want to keep coming back. So this is my, you know, just invite <laughs> me back, please. Perfect. You're in. Um. The trade up for Broderick Jones was perfect. The Jets were definitely going to take him. So if he's their guy, the trade up was magnificent. And then still like seeing that Joey Porter's falling and realizing that, hey, we can stick here and and potentially get him. And he falls all the way to him. Love that. I don't know if they were expecting Darnell Washington to fall to the back end of the third round, but he did and they grabbed him. Mm -hmm. And then one of my favorite picks in the entire draft was Corey Trice in the seventh round, who I'm a big uh, bootleg football fan and Brett Coleman fan. I don't know if, if any of you guys out there uh, listen to any of them, but he's a great uh, YouTuber and podcaster that talks about football. And he mocked Corey Trice in the first round. Wow. Which was rich. Like he's a third round guy, but they got him in the seventh. Like mm-hmm. that's an absolute steal for Corey Trice out of Purdue. Um, so I, I think they sat when they needed to sit and they traded up when they needed to tray up. And I think it was just a masterclass by that front office. Well, what a, what a great thing for you to say. What a great thing for you to say. So here, here's basically what happened. Here's what the Steelers draft ended up being, right? So they went from 120 to 132 or they went, they, they, they in the fourth round. Okay. By, Trading up for Broderick Jones, they sent the 120 to go up three spots, and they went to 132, or they got 132 by trading 80 down to 93. Now, the drop-off, if you go to the Jimmy Johnson trade value, which I know around media is still kind of viewed is kind of viewed as the outdated trade chart, but if you look at some of the recent trades, like even the in the draft last year, I haven't looked at all the ones from this year. But if you look at the ones from last year, they were mostly following the Jimmy Johnson trade chart still. So if you look at that and you look at 80 to 93 and that point difference, and then 120 to 132 and that point difference, it totals out to 76 points, which is the 109th pick. So essentially the Steelers gave up a high fourth round pick to go up and get Broderick Jones and still get Darnell Washington. That's nuts. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. That's cr- and like you said, I don't know if they would have thought that Darnell was there in that moment. I mean, I think it was Omar Khan, the GM, the new GM, that came out and said, you know, we were looking at Washington at eighty. We knew we were risking losing him if we moved down, but they still liked other guys. But I think they were ultimately surprised, especially considering. I mean, at one point, I had Washington. Uh, last week when I did the the big board for every pick for the Steelers, I had him there at 32, and, and I, he was there for a large portion of the process, and I think had he been healthy, he would have been in play at 32. And then you talk about Joey Porter Jr. falling. The Steelers were like almost desperate the way they were talking about trading that 32nd overall pick. And then when we got to picks 
uh, 29, 30, especially with Philly. Um, I was just thinking to myself, is if, if Porter Jr. really falls, man, because he was a guy you could have seen at 17. These four guys that they got with their first four picks were all guys I could have seen being taken with the first two picks, and I would have been fine with any of them, right? If they walked out with with Jones and uh, Darnell Washington, Jones and Benton, Porter and Benton, I would have been very, I would have been very happy in those first two picks, and they get them with the first four. And then Nick Herbig is kind of the reach, right? Because they're saying they're going to try and still keep him at edge rusher when he should really be playing off ball linebacker. So I don't know how long they're going to try that experiment. But then, yeah, Trison, the seventh rounder, swing interior guy who could become the the backup center, Spencer Anderson in the seventh. Just well done by Omar Khan in his first official draft. Just really, really happy about that. Um, I won't spend too much longer on that. That was that was a great pick. That was a great draft. Best best draft I can remember, top to bottom, for the Steelers though, and I. I, I don't say that lightly, and I do admit when there are mistakes made, but that was that was a very good one. Um, all right, let's get to our last one, Austin. This one was submitted by you. I'm going to let you explain it, but it's the Walter White Let Him Cook Award. Uh, explain what this award is, and then go ahead and hand it out. So uh, for any of you who live under a rock and don't know the Let Him Cook meme, is uh, you know anytime something like you do something weird or say something like, you know, out of place or something. It's like, no, 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 no. Give him time. Like he'll, he'll write the ship kind of is, is the, uh, context there for the, let him cook. And Broncos this is country? going, Let's <laughs> so th- this is going to a team that maybe started off a little funny. Uh, but they, but when you look at their draft class as a whole, you say, okay, no, they got there. They cooked. You just had to let them. Uh, and for me, it is the Detroit Lions. I said early we were going to talk about them later. It waited all the way to the very end, but here we are. <laughs> the Lions had one of the most interesting draft classes I've ever seen. It started off with a running back at pick 12, the second running back off the board at pick 12, which that doesn't make any sense in today's league with how running backs are valued. Makes no sense. but. You could tell from like the video inside their uh, war room, they mm-hmm. loved that pick. Like Jameer Gibbs clearly was super high up on their board. They really wanted them and they were ecstatic when they got them. So that makes me, excuse me, that made me feel a little bit better about that. Then when you look at their next pick in the first round, pick 18, another position that just holds no value in the current NFL landscape. Jack Campbell is an old school middle linebacker, those don't get picked at pick 18 unless they're like Mm -hmm. out of this world talented. And Jack Campbell, while very good, just is not like, he's not a classic, you know, middle of the first round guy, Sam Laporta. I don't know if there's any defending with who was there on the board, but (laughs) they like him a lot. Sure. Whatever. Cool. Brian branch in the second round to pick uh, 14 in the second round. Now, that's a great pick. Like mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. the one they should have taken with that 12th pick. Mm-hmm. And then yep. a lot of people had Hendon Hooker going in the first round and they grabbed him in the third round. Yep. So if you do a little like reshuffling of that deck <laughs> and just say Brian Branch went with pick 12, Hendon Hooker went with pick 18, Jack Campbell went with or no, Jameer Gibbs went with round two pick three, Jack Campbell with round two pick 14. And then uh, Sam Laporta in the 
third round, like if you just shuffle those around like that, boom, you've suddenly got a perfect draft class. They started off a little funky, but it got there. At the end, they had a really nice draft class, and the NFC North is on alert. I can tell you that as a Vikings fan, I am scared to play the Lions this year. All right, you who'd you say for pick eighteen? You said Hendon Hooker with the second pick, right? Yeah, I, I would. That's I mean, with with all the hype about him going in the first round, you know, yeah, if it's with with Will Levis, you know, being there, obviously Will Levis would have been the guy you take instead of Hendon Hooker there. But um, these five guys and these five picks—that's what you would do. But yeah, yeah. When uh on the Phantom Football podcast this week, so so this whole rearranging thing. It is very popular on NFL Twitter right now. And and Ben Solak was the first guy that I saw do it. And Ronan Summers on, on the Fan Football Podcast, uh, guest on this show, also did it. And I was like, okay, but I'm going to judge you based on the order you say. And, and you were closer. I'll give you that. I still like Jack Campbell at 18. For all the stuff I say about running backs in 2023, I'm still very 1985 with the linebacker for whatever reason. I You know, uh, thinking back, it probably stems from the fact that Willie Parker was undrafted and, and the Steelers have always had good middle linebackers on their on their Super Bowl winning teams. Anyways, um, if Gibbs, but but you're right, that on, Gibbs in the second round, which is probably not actually where you could get him. The more more time goes by, the more buzzes that teams, a lot of teams had him in the top 20. And look, draft grades, the way we do them right now, for me, it's about draft process. What's the process? What's the process? What's the value? What's the value? Team needs plays a little bit of a factor. Um, if they had done, if they had brought back Jamal Williams and traded DeAndre Swift and went for Jameer Gibbs, I'd say, you know what? They wanted to move on from Swift, but they wanted to get a guy to his level. They didn't think they'd get Gibbs anywhere else. Okay. But they paid David Montgomery more. That's just the part I can't get around. Um, but but everything else, you know, Sam Laporta, you better have that guy. And this is the thing. Armand Ross St. Brown's a slot receiver. So Brock Wright had a lot of nice games last year after they traded TJ Hawkinson. A lot of nice games, quote unquote, for, for Brock Wright. He had a lot of nice games, a couple game win touchdowns, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it's like you better do a lot with Sam Laporta especially if Brock Wright's going to be your end-of-the-line guy, if he's going to be your Y. Jack Campbell better be uh, – he better not be losing snaps to Alex Anzalone or, or Malcolm Rodriguez, whichever of those guys isn't playing, should not be taking snaps away from Campbell. Campbell better be out there. Um, Brian Branch, I am excited about. Hendon Hooker for third round is the right value for him because he should just be that very good backup to spot starter. I just can't. I just can't get around the running back thing, man, no matter how much we rearrange it because they're paying him first round money and he's expected to be on the field, but they're paying David Montgomery RB one money. So I don't know what's going to happen, but if they turn Gibbs into some sort of like maniacal three down weapon, because he's also playing slot receiver, then I'll, I'll see it, but I don't see that being the case right now. And until it is TBD, TBD, uh, for our last um, award winner, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my Walter White award, and it's in the same division, and it's the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, we're giving some love to some NFC North rivals. Uh, I apologize for that. 
You don't even want to come back on now. It's fine. Don't, yeah, don't worry. It's okay. You know, uh, I, I thought agree. you were gonna like scratch my back a little bit. Yeah, scratch yours. <laughs> you know, you gotta. Well, if I'm on tricky takes, I'll just I'll just be the the yeah, nice hammer Vikings. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, but Green Bay Packers, Lucas Van Ness is the first round pick, and I think the Earth got turned. I think it got knocked off its axis a little bit for all the eye rolls that happened at one time. From everybody watching, just saying, of course, why did we think that this would be the year they would do something else? Just go get the big defensive lineman who's a project with some traits. I'm sure it'll take this defense and push it above average. Um, The the 10th first round pick on this defense will definitely be the one to push it over the top. I'm sure it'll work out. That sounds really mean. I think he's going to be fine. But anyways, then after that, it looks pretty good, man. Day two, Tucker Craft. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed. I really like that. I really like that. I like that wide receiver room of of Reed and Dobbs and Watson. I like the two tight ends, Musgrave, Kraft. I, I love that because Kraft is, is as close to a day one ready blocker in this class at the tight end position as you can get. You know, he's, he's right up there. Musgrave, I think, can develop into a good blocker, but he's going Musgrave to be was a, my TE1. I love Musgrave. I he so I didn't have a pure round one grade on him. Like I would I would draft this guy in round one 10 times out of 10. But in this class, yeah, he was he was a round one guy for me. Um and, and Kraft is right up there because I think he can develop into a pass catching weapon. So now you have your two receivers from last year, you've got Jaden Reed, you've got these two tight ends, you've got your two vet running backs, you've got this offensive line, which is always getting added to it. And by the way, Green Bay did what they always do on day three. They just had 10 picks, and they made a lot of them, and they made some good ones. I like Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Um, they probably could have just done that on their defensive line and been fine, but whatever. I like Anthony Johnson Jr. from Iowa State, a little, little nickel corner safety action. Um, ju- just good depth and good pieces that, that they added. And by the way, they had like 11 picks, I think. So that seventh round running back, Lou Nichols the third from Central Michigan. I don't even mind that. Go for it. Um, I think at the end of this thing, if you had to say at the end of the first round, give a grade, and at the end of day three, give a grade, this might have been the biggest swing between those two days for me, going from Lucas Van Ness to everything these guys did in, in on day two. I really like what Green Bay ended up doing. Yeah, I agree with what a lot of you said. And I'm by the way, I'm taking the uh, axial tilt due to the amount of eye rolls and putting that directly in my bag. That is that is in my bag now. You might hear <laughs> hey, it two thanks, or man. three times on Tree Takes next week. <laughs> Listen, you know, we, we do what we can here to to support the world and support humankind and, and podcasters and media everywhere on the Soundshore <laughs> podcast. Um, Austin, any closing thoughts for you on the draft before we get out of here? Um. You know, I this time of year is just great as an NFL guy because it's just like pure optimism. No team this in this draft class had a bad enough draft to where I'm like, well, they just ruined the next three yeah. years or something like that. Like, yep. I, I feel like nobody had that sort of draft class. And there's just like optimism around the league. And even when you look at a team like Washington, who's like draft class, we didn't like that much, like they still have reasons to be optimistic. And I think that's what I love so much about this time of year. And you're just going to, it's time to hear those beat reports out of camp saying, Oh, 
Lou Nichols the third that you just mentioned <laughs> is you know it's looking running, great is, is you know running way faster than it looked like you know, people thought he was but like or something like that like you're just third, gonna hear third all down this... back pass pro yeah. is, is looking is looking fantastic from Lou Nichols mm-hmm. yeah and you're gonna hear uh Grand DeBose who was another guy that like Green Bay took in the seventh round you're like oh he's looking like a real red zone threat for Jordan Love this like no, no, neither of those things are true, but like, <laughs> why not? Like, I love seeing that on my timeline pop up. Yeah, to, to your point about even the low grades, I had four teams that I gave C's to. That was the lowest grade I gave this year. I gave three worse grades than that last year. And those teams were the 49ers, who were the NFC Championship game and bring back basically their whole roster. So they're fine. The Chargers, who still have Justin Herbert, so they're fine. The commanders who are in such flux from an ownership standpoint, like, my gosh, can you just like field a team and be normal for a season? That's the real goal of the team right now. And the Dolphins, because like I said, most of their picks actually went to like Pro Bowl slash all pro type players. And Cam Smith is still really good. So and tampering. And yeah, I wrote that part in the article. Uh, the articles was uh, in order went. They only had four picks. That's not good. They traded those for Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, and Jalen Ramsey. That is good. One of them they lost was for tampering. That's also not good. Um, so, yeah, not not great pick management by the Dolphins. But I can't argue with Chubb Hill. But and, Dolphins and fans need to be excited about this year. Right, because they're going to be like, who cares? We don't need to block anybody. A-chain's faster than anybody that's on defense, right? And, and we – Again, if the worst thing that we're talking about, as much of an O-line nerd as I am, is Liam Eikenberg is going to have to play and Austin Jackson's not very good. But A-Chain might have like three 90-yard touchdowns this season and Tyreek Hill might lead the league in receiving yards again. Like, you're in good shape. You're not any worse than you were last year. So, like, that's great. You added Jalen Ramsey. Fantastic. It's going to be fun, man. It's a great time. Um all right, everybody. That is it for the week. Austin, uh, the the links and the uh, the Twitter handles for Tricky Takes are going to be in this episode description. So everybody go check out Austin over there. Again, Twitter at Tricky Takes. Tricky Takes podcast can be found basically anywhere. Um, Austin, thanks so much for being here, man. You can also find me on my alt at Rasheed Rice Sucks on Twitter. The burner. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I can't wait. Following one at Rashi Rice, zero followers. I assume is is the the numbers on that one. Oh yeah, yes sir. Okay. Tweets one thousand already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're killing it. This is gonna be great. All right, everybody, we're out of here. Thank you so much to Austin. Thank you so much to everybody listening. Uh, enjoy the last of the draft content here this week before we get into peak off season mode. So uh, everybody, enjoy that. Have fun. And be safe out there.